We're in the middle of the harvest season. Uh, it's called the Sowin Festival, which welcomes in the harvest. Sowin is the pagan name for it. It's been uh, renamed as Halloween. Uh, it, the idea behind this festival is to break down barriers, physical barriers, uh, and, and, and the spiritual barriers so that the physical world can come in contact with the spirit world. And all of this is full of Celtic pagan rituals. And all of it is celebrating what the pagans did, the Celtic pagans, and go through history and, and look at all this in more detail. But what they did is they celebrated the end of the summer uh, and the beginning now of the darker half of the year when the days start to get shorter. Now, they had four fire festivals, and this festival, this Samhain festival, is considered the most prominent of the fire festivals. And they believed that the pagan little g-gods would come down and make themselves visible to the physical people in this world. And that's where all the mischief happens. That's where you get all of this mischief that surrounds our modern-day Halloween. This is why people offered treats to the gods, trick or treat. So they would give a treat to the gods of the spirit world so that they would leave them alone. This would morph into people wearing costumes and they would play tricks on each other. And then they would blame the spirits for doing the tricks. It was a way of masking yourself so that you can get away with doing mischief. Now, when I was a kid growing up, we didn't just have Halloween on the 31st. We had the night before, and it was called Mischief Night. <laughs> you can go out and do naughty things and put, you know, toilet paper on somebody's uh, mailbox and, you know, throw eggs at cars. And that's what kids did. And so what, what was happening was, you, you, yeah, I'll be doing the preaching. You sit, just kind of listen for now, and we can answer questions at the end. But you could say amen or something like that, but uh, you don't want to talk over the preacher in, in the church house. So what they would do during this night before is they would try to get away with doing naughty because it was that night that you give them the out. And you know what it was all done in? You'd put a costume on, you'd put a mask on, and you'd mask yourself. <laughs> Now, that's by way of introduction on what this festival is about, but that is not going to be what the message is about this morning. The message this morning is about what mask are you wearing? Look at first Peter chapter uh, look at first John chapter number two. First John chapter number two. Look at verse number three. The Bible says in verse number three, and hereby we do know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. You know what you got in 1 John chapter 2? The first point I'd like to speak to you about this morning is, is the mask of false knowing, which leads to the mask of false walking. Sometimes we're so doctrinally sound that we lose sight of the fact of the masks that we are wearing. 
Isn't it easy to just slam what the pagans are doing? Isn't it easy to just give a, a battle cry message to, hey, we're not, we're not compromising. We're sticking with the truth. We're not getting involved in these pagan festivals. They're pagan. They're not Christian. And, and praise God, except we need to be careful of the masks that we are wearing. And that's the idea of this morning's message. Uh, I'm telling you, we would be pretenders if we just cloak ourselves and mask ourselves in religious acts and religious rites. If we're not clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because if we're not, you know, all of it, you know what it all is. All of it is would just be a cover up. The religious acts would just be a cover up, a masking to hide our own personal spiritual emptiness. That's all it would become. Let's not wear the mask of false walking. We can see more of that in First John. Um, Chapter 2, verse number 9. Watch what it says here. Look at verse number 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. You can say you're in the light all you want. But if you hate your brother, watch what it says. Verse 10. 1 John 2, verse 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in, in him. You know, the Bible says somewhere else, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Let's not wear the mask of false loving. We need to be careful of those things. I hope we're not envying the success of our brother. I hope we're not praying that our brother or sister in Christ hits adversity. I hope no, we're not. I hope we don't celebrate when our brother or our sister falls. You know what that is? That's the mask of false loving. And you can be as doctrinally sound as you can be and be good for nothing within the body of Christ when it comes to relationships. Praise God, we're not going to celebrate Halloween. But instead of that, you've now put on the mask of false loving and you won't love your brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, we need to be careful of the mask of false loving. What mask are you wearing? You know what our entire Christian character is based on? Love. The Bible says God is what? Love. That's the essence of his character. Let me ask you a question. Let's ask us the well, ask me the same question. Do we get along better with our lost co-workers, our lost neighbors, than we do with our own brothers and sisters in Christ at our own local assembly? You know what that is? That's the mask of false loving. All the effort that you put in to get along with somebody at work that just wears you out all day. <laughs> that lost family member that just wears you out all the time. That lost neighbor that just wears you out all the time. Yet you love them. You love them. How much the more should we do that with our own brothers and sisters in Christ? You know what the pagans wore masks for? To become a different person. 
They believed that it changed a man or a woman's identity. And they would hide their true face for the public face. They put on a mask. It's called hypocrisy. And for them, it was a way to connect to their ritual of religion, of false religion. And so the creation of that mask in itself for the pagans, just the creation of it, was a form of ritualistic worship. What mask are you wearing? What mask are you creating? What ritual are you going on to hide your real identity to put on a public face? Let's not have the mask of false love. We can look pious. We can look devout. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. James chapter 1. Uh, actually, let's not go to James yet. Let's go to, let's stay in 1 John, go to chapter 4. 1 John 4. 1 John 4, it says in verse 19. 1 John 4, verse number 19. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. People say, I love God. You know why you can even say that? Because of that verse. God loved first. If a man say, verse 20, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Now, isn't that pretty straightforward? Bless God, I love the Lord, except you don't love the brethren, which means you don't love the Lord and you don't love the brethren. You're a liar. That's what God said. Let's not have the mask of false love. You know why sometimes people can say they love the Lord? Because even though the Lord's with them and won't forsake them, he's not physically here. You know who is physically here that you can see with your own visible eyes? Your brother, your sister in Christ. Love that person. Now, sometimes that's tough love. Parents, grandparents, you know what I'm talking about. Tough love. Tough love. Sometimes with God, it's tough love. He loveth, he chasteneth whom he loveth. You don't let your kids just go out and do anything. Oh, I just love them. I just want, no, you don't love them. <laughs> you loved them, you'd be a little tough with them. And so we understand that. You know what's being argued here? It's the argument of human nature. Because it's human nature to love someone that's close to you. And if you say you love God, which I hope every one of us would say. And if you're a Christian, whose image do you bear? Christ's image. And if I bear that image, if I'm a born-again believer, and if this brother bears that image as a born-again believer, if I say I love God, yet I don't love him whom he bears Christ's image as I should as a believer, then I'm just a liar. It's just lip service. Just lip service. Let's be careful of those. Let's go to Matthew 15 and James 1. Matthew 15, James 1. Let's see what other masks we need to be careful of. Matthew 15 and James chapter 1. We'll do Matthew 15 first. Matthew 15, look at verse number 7. 
Bible says in Matthew 15, verse number 7, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know what true worship requires? Heart involvement. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth man, that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. And you know what verse 21 says? The Pharisees were offended. You know why they were offended? Because they want control. They want applause. They want their commandments to control. And you know what that is? The mask of false worship. What mask you wear? I hope it's not the mask of false worship. Because it's not. it doesn't stem from true love. It's a hypocritical love. In other words, our bodies are present in the church house. But our hearts are way out yonder. Our bodies are present within the family house. But our hearts emotions are way over there. Our bodies are present at the fellowship, at the evangelistic outreach, at the, at the special meeting. We show up every time the doors are open. Yet our hearts are way, way out there. And God says, be careful of that. And I'm asking us all this morning, are we wearing the mask of false worship? True worship in spirit and in truth. You know what the Pharisees were good at? Oh, they were good at naming the commandments. They were good at pointing out the commandments you didn't keep. Oh, let us be, let us, God help us. God help us. Well, those Christians are celebrating Halloween. Don't you know that's a pagan festival? Well, yeah, I do. Can you love them? Well, no, they don't do things the way that I do them. Be careful. Be careful. You slamming their tradition of men. You slamming the idea that they're involved in a pagan ritual that got married into the church somehow. And yes, it's wrong. I don't believe it's right. I don't want anything to do with it. But I need to watch my heart. You need to watch your heart. That we don't come up with our own tradition that looks down upon other Christians because they don't do everything the way that we want them to do it. Even if that everything is in the Bible, we can have the wrong heart attitude. And what I'm asking us this morning is, I hope we're not wearing the mask of false worship. It's so easy to get involved in just slamming everybody that doesn't do everything by the Bible. Because then what happens is we end up not doing things by the Bible. Isn't the heart important, Brother Tom? <laughs> Isn't that the heart of the matter? What am I saying? I'm saying your Christian neighbor that's got a jack-o'-lantern on his front porch, don't you go over to his house, smash his jack-o'-lantern, and tell him he's a pagan. Love them. Care for them. Pray with them. We do all these outreaches. Five or six of them by the time it's all said and done. And not one time 
Not one time are we trying to convince anybody to take off their mask, go home, and not celebrate Halloween. The entire time we are trying to stand as a witness for Jesus Christ, give them the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that they would trust Jesus Christ. That's our message. That always will be our message. But in the midst of that, we need to be careful. We don't put on the mask of false religion. You know, you can be right about something with the wrong attitude. You can. These, these uh, Pharisees wanted control. And uh, for the pagan world, during this time, the masks that they would put on was a, was a way of protection from the spirits. The warriors, the warrior pagans, they would put them on to symbolize superior power. Kind of like a, a hypocrite would. It's the mask of false worship the hypocrites put on for power, for control. So these pagans, they put the masks on to ward off evil spirits. They would wear animal skins and animal heads so that the spirit world would think that they were one of them. And so that masking with the animal head or the animal skins would protect them, or so they thought. And at funerals, they would wear them as well, a pagan funeral, during this time as well. Keep in mind, this is the time of the year where the most child sacrifice happens. Now, that's enough to convince me, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't care what label you put on. Well, nothing to do with it. But they would wear these masks at funerals to protect them from the dead spirits that would be around during their during that during that time. Who would do that? Someone that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But if you do know Christ, and I do know Christ, we need to be careful we're not putting on our own masks. Mask of false love, mask of false worship. We would be just, just as guilty. It's called hypocrisy. James 1. Look at verse 26. James 1 verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious. And bridleth not his tongue. But deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Your tongue can harm people. Sometimes in ways where people never forget what you say. If you do that, if I do that, you know what God says? It's worthless. It's worthless. What you say with your tongue matters. You ever see somebody's got Tourette's? They can't help saying what they say. That physical disability, that impairment that they have with their tongue. They can't control it. You know what God gave you? You know what God gave me? Holy Spirit. May I state the obvious? That's a spirit that's holy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that means he gave us a controlling power. And that is what will control us or control our tongue. We'll just blurt out whatever you want to say. Think about it, brother. 
pray about it, sister. Talk to somebody else about it before you just let it go. Let's not have the mask of false religion if it kills with its tongue. Let's not have the opportunity to preach and use the pulpit as a bully club. Let not, let's not use the opportunity to preach out on the street corner and just use it as a way to just bully club people. Let's be careful we use our tongue to lift Christ up, magnify him. Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, let's look at the next one. Bible says in verse number 1. Look at Matthew 6, 1. Take heed that to your alms before men to be seen of them. Is it wrong to give? No. What's, what's the wrong in here? Right off the gate, we can see it. The motive. You just want to be seen. Let's not have the mask of false giving. It's not don't give. There's a positive command to give. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. Meaning someone down here might buy into it, but God's not. Verse 2, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward when thou doest alms. Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. You know, Galatians 2 says that we should remember the poor. But this idea of running the big ad campaign and sounding the trumpet, look at me, I'm giving everything I have to the poor, that God says, be careful of that motive. You're wearing the mask of false giving. You're giving so you can get the applause of the social media. You can get the applause of the populace. You're better off just doing the secret praise from God. James 1, 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. A real, wish, a real Christian doesn't need a command to give. A real Christian looks for opportunities to give. Because they have a true heart worship toward God. How can I give? How can I serve? Luke 19. Zacchaeus said to the Lord. The Lord didn't go chasing after him. But Zacchaeus said, have my goods I give to the poor. He said, I give to the poor. He wanted to give. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. How many percentage is that, Math Wizards? That's a lot more than one fold. <laughs> How many times do we look for opportunities to just get by and, you know, just kind of cover our costs and be done with it? This is somebody that, that, that has the true heart of giving. He wasn't commanded by the Lord. Matter of fact, he said to the Lord, I will do this, Lord. Why? Out of a heart that was full of gratitude. Let's just all be careful that we don't wear the mask of false giving. Matthew 7. Let's read verse number one. It's the verse that all lost people know. 
And you would think that this is the totality of the Bible. You get 66 books, all in black, uh, black uh, leather covered, all stitched together. You know, depending on your Bible, it can be anywhere from three quarter of an inch to two and a half inches. And you would think that you open it up and it's one big thick page that says this. Judge not that ye be not judged. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole Bible. But, you know, if we kept reading, we can get some more information and maybe that would help us concerning judging. Bible says, verse two. For with what judgment you judge. Ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet. It shall be measured to you again. So apparently we are to judge. But if you judge with this measure, you better be ready for someone to judge you according to that measure. Make sense? And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite! A hypocrite is somebody that wears a mask. He's trying to appear as somebody publicly, but it isn't who he is privately. First, cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. You are free to form an opinion of anyone and everyone. Because we all do. We're free to do that. But if you want to form an opinion of somebody. And if I want to form an opinion of somebody. We should start with ourselves first. Let's do that. If you want to correct somebody. If I want to correct somebody. How about I correct myself first. You want to find fault with somebody. How about find fault with yourself. How about I find fault with myself you know it's so easy to get high and haughty and proud well praise god we don't celebrate the pagan festivals like all the other churches except you forgot to put the mode out of your own eye where's your heart for worship where's your heart for giving where's your heart for love where's your heart with your own brother and sister in christ form opinion of yourself you know what some people are really, really good at? Well, you got this wrong. This person's this wrong. This person has that wrong. That person has that wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Everything's wrong. Everybody's wrong but me. God hates that stuff. Start where? Start with yourself. It's if you don't. You run the risk, I run the risk of turning into an old, bitter person who's just angry and mean and upset at everybody because they're not as spiritual as you are or as I am. That is an awful testimony to the world. Let's check our own heart and let's make sure we get rid of our own masks before we try to demask everybody else. Galatians 6, 1 says, Brethren, 
If a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. You know why? Lest thou also be tempted. If somebody falls, I hope you try to restore them. Matthew 7, look at verse 13. Matthew 7, verse 13, watch it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and there be, and few there be that find it. Last verse, 15. Beware of false prophets. Which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. That's the mask of a false prophet. And you know what a sheep looks like? You know what a sheep is a symbol of? Innocence, purity, harmless. The mask of a false prophet is to look like a sheep. And then rip off your, rip off your head. Pull out your throat. That's the mask of the false prophet. That baby lamb can't protect itself. When it comes spring, time for lambing, guess who's coming out? Coyotes. They can smell it. You want to be sold out for God, live for the Lord Jesus Christ? Guess who's coming? False prophet. He can smell it. And he wants to take you out. Let's be careful. We're not wearing that mask. It's the inward ravening wolf. Outward, one thing. Inward, another. It's, it's the mask of a false prophet. Inside, horrible. That's why 2 Corinthians 11 say, No marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, is it no great thing if his ministers... Also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Satan's ministers are going to look right. They're going to sound to you like they're right. But inwardly, they're going, they're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you. All right, Matthew 23 and 2 Timothy 3. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. And 2 Timothy will get. We'll start in Matthew 3. Matthew 3, look at verse number 20, uh, 25. Kind of piggybacks what we said before. Watch it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. See, that? that's the mask. For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. You want to make the meal look nice. So you bring out the nice cup, the nice platter. But within, they are full of extortion and excess. That's the Pharisee. Thou blind Pharisee, clean first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones. And of all, uncleanness when you whitewash something you coat it 
so that it looks like something else. So the sepulcher, that's what they did. Because a Jew would violate the law if he touched that sepulcher. Had dead bones in it, had a dead body in it. And Numbers 19 says, And whosoever toucheth one that is slain with the sword in the open fields, or a dead body, or a bone of a man, or a grave, shall be unclean seven days. So the law told them, look, you can't touch that grave. So you know what they did with the with those graves, with those sepulchers that held the dead bodies? They whitewashed them. So that everybody would know, oh, okay. Well, one, it looked better. Gave an appearance of something that it wasn't. Nice and white, yet inside, dead bones. And so that they would have a clear, oh, okay, don't touch that. That's a grave. There's dead bones in there. There's dead bodies. And so they respected the law. They didn't want to do it. So they knew what was in there. And that's something Jesus let these Pharisees have it. Pharisees are all about law, 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 law. And he said, you guys are like whited sepulchers. You're violating your own law. And he's exposing them, saying, you know what? That's what you are. Nobody go near those guys. Don't touch those Pharisees. They're whitewashed. Paul says, Paul, Paul called Ananias, the high priest. He said, you're, you're a whited wall. Called him a Pharisee. Portraying something on the outside, but he's not. He's not on the inside. Help us not. To have the mask of a false appearance or the mask of false righteousness. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Here's what the Bible says. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, proud. Uh, boasters, proud. Blasphemer. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy. Without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Here it is, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. That's the mask of false godliness. Are you in there? This morning, honestly, let's all of us look into this text and ask the Lord, Lord, which one is me? People all getting up in arms. It's the last days. It's the last days. I see all these physical things happening, except you're talking about the last days for Israel. This is the last days for the church. You know what the last days for the church are? You know when they started? Back in Paul's day, back in Timothy's day. You know what the mark of it was? Heart issues. Part, part, part. You know how I know we're in the last days? Not because an earthquake came to California. I know we're in the last days because people love themselves. People are proud. People are boasters. And God says, you want to take a look out and see what the last days are for the church? That's what it's going to be. People that are masking themselves to not look like this. But you know what all these things are? Okay, do they manifest them things in physical activity? Yes. Where does it start? Where does disobedience to parents start? Where does unholiness start? 
Where does unthankfulness start? Here. And here. It's the heart. As we close, I'd like to say this. Isaiah 32 says, For the vile person will speak villainy. And his heart will work iniquity. To practice hypocrisy. May God help us all. To not get into the practice of hypocrisy. Because then it says, and to utter error against the Lord. To make empty the soul of the hungry. And he calls the drink of the thirsty to fail. Look, we all know the devil is the master at masking. We know he's the master deceiver. Let us be careful. We're not wearing masks. Allow God to unmask you and I. If any of the things we talk about this morning is in your life or my life, allow God's Holy Spirit to help us take off that mask. The Bible says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. And the last one is, you know what? And without wearing a mask. Without hypocrisy, it says. Without hypocrisy. Take off the mask. What mask are you wearing?